raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. This is Healing the Whole Person on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio. Call now with your question, 224-585-WSFI. That's 224-585-9734. Hello, and welcome to Healing the Whole Person. We have a wonderful show today. One of our regular hosts, Father Bob Sears, is on tap. This subject is healing through the Sacrament of Reconciliation. We have some studio guests who may or may not say something and add to the conversation. Susie McGinn, and she has her wonderful grandson here, Jack, um, who's at, uh, in Kyle Freshman College, and Rosemary Simon. So we're, we're, we're ready for you, Father Bob, and your, your subject is one of which I love deeply about healing through the sacraments and especially reconciliation. Let me tell our listeners who already know you, but in case you don't, Father is a Jesuit priest and a former professor of theology at the Jesuit School of Theology and the Pastoral Institute of Loyola University, Chicago. His emphasis is on the relationship of psychotherapy and theology. Father is currently a spiritual director, counselor, and writer on various aspects of healing. He gives workshops and retreats on faith development and healing, especially intergenerational healing. He is actively involved in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal and a board member, and presently, well, he was the president of the Association of Christian Therapists. He, Father has a website, um, www.familytreehealing.com, where one can find his various publications and articles, and it, it's chock full of goodies. So, Father, welcome to the show. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, as I mentioned in previous shows, uh, we've been doing a series on the sacraments and healing, and it seemed like the right time because this is Christmas season, and our, the topic was our sacrament of reconciliation. So <clears throat> it really was appropriate because the foundation of all healing is what Jesus did by becoming human so that he could take on himself the effects of all our sins from Adam and Eve to the last human because that's what we really believe when in the cross that he became sin for us that we could become the righteousness of God and so somehow or another Jesus has stood in for us he has taken on himself the consequences of sin which is really you know, as far as God is concerned, it, it takes us away from God, and so it takes us away from being grounded in the love of God, and we're left to our own resources, and that, that is not particularly helpful, as we found out. And so <clears throat> God sent his Son not to condemn us, but that the world might be saved through us, through him. And in John 3.17, that's what it says. So Jesus didn't come to... to call our attention to sin we're quite aware of that what he did come to do is to forgive that sin and by accepting his forgiveness and responding ourselves with with the kind of love that he had for us then we hand on that gift of mercy so this is what we're celebrating what we want to look at and consider uh, this afternoon 
<coughs> Father, could I just mm-hmm. ask a question? What just popped into my mind when you were talking? What about all the people, and even Catholics, who say, wait a minute, I mean, Jesus came to save us from our sins. Didn't Jesus ca- come to show us love? I mean, is it about sin or is it about love? And so the sin I presume we're talking about is original sin, right, Father? Well, it is original sin, but but it's also sin that we have ourselves committed, you know, because in some ways, even though it's handed down to us through Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and uh, without baptism, we really would be cut off from God's love. <clears throat> even after baptism, we uh, we don't make decisions according to our baptism, which was really to to die to ourselves and to rise with Jesus. And we make decisions according to you know our parents and those that have handed on to us their pet problems, and so we're we're buying back into sin, <laughs> mm-hmm. unless we unless we let Jesus uh, you know open us up to a whole different point of view, and that's that's really what we're dealing with in the sacrament of reconciliation because we find ourselves repeating the same patterns that we've learned from our parents and from mm. the surrounding culture etc which is influenced by original sin right and so we end up sinning ourselves in other words so it isn't simply a, a sin that's handed down to us like original sin it's the origin of sin but once people make that decision it affects everybody that comes afterwards and so they have limited possibilities now because of that original sin. And they have, actually what happens is that we actually begin to understand God in terms of our limitations rather than God who God really is. And so until Jesus came, we really didn't know who God is. <laughs> Jesus mm-hmm. said, no one knows the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So may, so, I, <laughs> may I ask you, Father... What opened you to the, to the, to the, what made you open to the sacrament of confession and to, like, admitting your sin to a priest? Did you, do you have a personal experience going way back? Well, we're, uh, yes, I mean, but I, it took a while before, you know, I went to a public grade school in the beginning. So when I did go to confession, I really saw it as, uh, is kind of legalistic and a rather scary experience. One of the most scary experiences that I had was, <clears throat> was in those days, you know, you weren't supposed to touch the host at all. So in my first communion, I touched the host because it was sticking to the roof of my mouth. And I thought that was... <laughs> so, so I thought that was an awful thing. And for three years, oh, I was afraid no. to even bring that up in confession. Oh, you know, no. So I, I carried that... Uh, carried that sense of, oh, I did an awful sin, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so my experience of confession was kind of a scary experience, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Did the priest help you? I ever said everything right, you know, I always (laughs) had these scruples, just like my mother, so I picked up my mother's scruples, and then handed them down, I suspect, you know. Of course. (laughs) Man, but, uh, was the priest um, helpful to you, Father? Well, once I did bring it up, yeah. I mean, he, he probably thought, well, <laughs> what was I so so overwhelmed about, you know? <laughs> but, but it took me three years to, to say it, you know, because I, I thought it was so bad that 
they really would Aww, think it was awful. That's too mean. Yeah. We're so hard on ourselves as children, yeah. you know. I'm sure a lot of people can relate, you know. We're scared to death as children, right, when we go to confession. <coughs> There's a cute story yeah. from that book, Angela's Ashes. Yeah. The little boy made his first communion, and it was a, a big affair in the family. And he was just so overwrought after he, his first communion. He was in his grandmother's backyard, and he got sick to his stomach. Wow. So she was sure that Jesus was in the grass and everywhere oh. in the backyard. <laughs> so she calls the priest, should I use holy water to wash it down? Oh, how, no. do I, well, how do I clean this <laughs> Thinking that she, she had, had thrown up Jesus. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he had thrown oh, up Jesus. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Yeah. What we do to ourselves, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> well, and we're, we're kind of taught that way, too, you know, because the focus is on what we've done wrong. And so you want to get all the, the you know, the things lined up as all those bad things that you've done so you won't miss anything right because you know? so, <laughs> if you miss something that's bad too so, so <laughs> now that leads me to a question father a personal question like how do we prepare how do you prepare for confession i mean would you be willing to share that or well like, i mean I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's hard for me actually to uh, to prepare so i'm not a very good example i don't think because oh. <clears throat> Because I used to think that confession was all of the negative, you know, I was always trying to look at what what was standing in the way, you right? Know, what, the bad things that I had done, and I, you know, if you're if you're really trying to be good, you can't think of too many bad things. You almost have to invent something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but I began to see that 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 negative view of of uh, confession and looking for the bad things was not particularly helpful because my experience was even when I was, you know, I was in the Sodality at, uh, in the Loyola Academy, you know, when it was that time and so we took these things seriously, but but <clears throat> I began to see that if I focused on the negative things, they just kept repeating. It was like the same, same thing over and over again. And mm -hmm. so it wasn't necessarily helping me to grow spiritually the way I was doing it. And, and it's recently I've begun to see that, I, you know, all of those things that have, if we focus on the negative, we tend to uh, repeat it because we're tending to put the emphasis for change on ourselves. Yeah, but how do you get to the sins then? If, it's, if you don't focus on the negative, how do you well, come up with your sins? Okay, well, the, the sins are anything that keep us from God's love. Right. See, ultimately, sin is only revealed by grace. And so I asked Jesus to show me what are the things that are blocking me in, in your love. Oh. And so I notice those things and I bring those up in confession. And then when they're forgiven, I feel a release to open me into God's love more fully. That's helpful, Father. Mm -hmm. What are the things that are blocking God's love in my right. life? That's right. very helpful. Right. Idols. Yes. What idols? Idols, yeah. Well, they could be very little things. Yeah. As well yes, as they could. They don't have to be big things. No. They could be a fact that you just hurt somebody. Just playing and, solitaire and on did, your computer. What did you do to hurt them? You know, it's kind of like, or what did you do to, to disillusion them or whatever, right. you know? Right. Right, Father. I remember I used to confess that I was mean to my mother every confession because that's all I could think of. I was mean to my mother <laughs> over and over and over. 
<laughs> yes, yeah. and, you're do, you're, you're, and the more you focus on it, the more you tend to do it. See? Right. What, what we pay attention to right. is what we end up doing. So that's that's not a good way of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that the nuns ever taught us how to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they did well, at I one point. I don't think they focused on the positive things, you know. No. I remember I remember a story of my uh, a friend of mine, you know, you know when when her kids were you know hitting balls into her yard, she was very kind of mean and abrupt and came back and so she had these uh, an attitude towards her next door neighbor that was not very trusting. And <laughs> so when <laughs> when she asked Jesus what she do about it, what he said was write down in a book, uh, one thing that you're grateful for about her, Ooh. and then the next day, write another thing about your grateful and read the two together. Oh my word! Mm -hmm. And the next day, write another thing that you're grateful to her about, and then read the three together, wow. etc. Wow. Well, by the time she got to a week, her her neighbor reconciled herself with her. <laughs> oh. Wait a minute! You said her neighbor reconciled. Did did she exactly, reconcile? Exactly. Yes. No. Explain that. Father. It just said it happened. You know, her neighbor called her up, and you know, when we start forgiving other people, they pick it up. Yes, even father. if we don't talk to them. Oh, that's because so all beautiful. Of this is, is done. Done. We're all connected unconsciously, and so when we have an attitude towards other people that doesn't trust them, yes, they don't trust us either. Wow. That's beautiful. They can sense it. So, yeah. Father, let's dwell on that for a minute. That's that's pretty profound. Yes, I think that's very profound. That's why that's why this this sacrament is so important, you know, because really if we if we can get rid of the obstacles that keep us from loving like Jesus does. Right. We would be influencing people to love, unless they were kind of just turned against God, and then they would turn against us too, because that's what they did with Jesus. Right. But but uh, for those that are open, you know, and, and just kind of naturally good or naturally observant, would would respond to the goodness that came from you to, with their goodness. And so. so we this attitude of changing our own attitude is, is really affecting our, the, the people right next to us and ultimately the whole environment, you know. So it kind of removes the obstacles to, to, to love, really. It is, exactly. And we're, we're part of the obstacle. See, the one thing that God can't do <clears throat> is make a decision for us. Right. And when we, when we decide to do something like I said, I decided in the womb that I won't be a burden, for example. I've talk, talked to you about that before in, in these talks. Well, once I do that, then I'm trying to save myself from feeling I'm a burden to my mother and, and, and not putting a burden on her. So I'm doing the work and it isn't working. Right. Because I simply become a burden because I'm not letting people help me and I'm not letting people in into my Right. world, you know. Unless I change that, God can't change it. So how do you change it, Father? our freedom. I didn't even know I made it, so I couldn't change it until I, until I was something like 42, and I was in a healing group, and one of the people got this word burden, and she said, and she said burden, and I said, I said in the womb I won't be a burden. Whew. How did I know that? I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. See, it's the spirit that remembers. Mm -hmm. 
The spirit registers everything that happens to us from conception on. But the memory develops, you know, in a year and a half or two or whatever. So that's how we recall what we remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. But if it's so early like that, we probably don't recall it because it's over. It's overrided by other memories that are more immediately affecting us. And so I wouldn't have even known I did it until somebody said burden. Mm. Amazing, Father. You've and yet shared I that. still was being I still was being affected by it because God can't change it. So as soon as I saw that it was a that was a lie because I'm not a burden to God. I am I was a little overwhelming for my mother because I was third of two and we came in three years and she didn't have a good relation to her mother. So it wasn't anything bad in her. It was just that she felt overwhelmed <laughs> yes yes and you and so, you sense that not, you sense I'm, that i was trying to solve it because children mm. naturally try to make up for what's missing in their parents yes oh isn't that powerful that's that beautiful so we it, can that's what this is this is this is so important because it's so connected with our healing i couldn't get healing because i was trying to save myself yes and the healing is love. It's a relationship. You can't do it yourself. You have to trust. So you have to what? Open up and... I had to let go of that decision mm-hmm. and give it back to God and say, Lord, I, I ask that you forgive me for making that decision. Mm-hmm. That was a sin. Mm-hmm. You say you wouldn't think it was a bad sin, but it is a sin because it's not trusting that God loves me unconditionally. Yes. And we all are doing things like that all the time, and we don't realize it. And that's why sin itself is revealed by grace. So you say, well, how do we find out what the sin is? Let ourselves be loved by God. Mm-hmm. And trust God so much that we give him permission to show us things and not to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Because he, he doesn't, you know, I think of that story of uh, Jesus with the Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, isn't it? Because oh, the Samaritan it. woman oh, yeah. comes out at noon. It's high noon. It's hot in Israel on high noon. You know, nobody else is there. So she's coming out all by herself. And here's this Jewish man. And he starts talking to her. She's a Samaritan. Jews don't talk to Samaritans. And she's a woman. Jews don't talk to women either. So, <clears throat> no, she's really surprised. And then he asks her for a drink. <laughs> He not only talks to her, he's asking for <laughs> her to give him something, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. So make himself be beholding to her. And it, then he, and I guess she did give it. She just said, you, you know, you a Jew asking me a Samaritan for a drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then he says, well, if you would have asked me, I would have given you a little water, you know. So he's got her in a conversation, in a relationship. That's right. She's no longer isolated. And... So then we get to talking more and more, and then she says, you know, I see you're a prophet, you know, because Jesus said to her, she said, well, give me some of this living water. I don't have to come and get it myself. And he said, Paul, your husband. <laughs> mm, I have no husband. So he, he's, he's indirectly getting her to acknowledge what she's doing. And she said, I don't have any husband. And he said, yes, you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. You've answered rightly. In other words, he's very positive always, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. 
So I see you're a prophet. So she changes the subject. <laughs> yeah, and, he's, and he goes on with what she's changed. She does. He doesn't press the point. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. beautiful how he accepts whatever she gives him. Yes, Father. and works from that. And he says, "I see you are a prophet." And he says, "You know, Jacob gave us this well." And what? And Jesus says, "Well, God isn't honored here in Jerusalem or in." you know Samaria but God is spirit and he wants people who will honor him in spirit and in life mm-hmm. and then she, you know she, I know you, you you're you know you're a prophet uh, Jake said when the prophet comes he would lead us into all truth and Jesus said I who am speaking with you am he mm-hmm. I am wow I am. that's the first clear statement he's made about who he is and it's to a sinful woman. Yes. Samaritan. Yes. Ma'am. And she goes in so excited, she doesn't she forgets she's supposed to be all by herself. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells everybody. So she's released from her sin just by talking with Jesus. Just by and his she, love. Yeah. Right, exactly. And and she says, Come and see. And when they saw they they welcomed her back. He says, Now we now it's because you it isn't because you told us but because we've seen him ourselves and we're, we know he yeah. is the Messiah. And the mm. word of her testimony. Isn't that something? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's not, they're not going on the word of her testimony. They're going on mm-hmm. actual experience of Jesus. Yeah. That's really what we do. We bring people to Jesus and he takes care of the rest. That's we right. can't convert anybody. God does that. Mm-hmm. We uh, just bring them to Jesus. Well, everything you're saying, Father, is reminding me of that those verses in second corinthians where it says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creature the old things passed away behold new things have come now all these things are from god who reconciled us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation yes yes beautiful isn't that beautiful yeah namely that god was in christ reconciling the word to himself and so on it's, yes, um, isn't that, that that's just gorgeous. In a sense, he's made us other Jesuses. That's right, and you know, it's it's through our relationship with him that he did everything to maintain the relationship with that Samaritan woman. He did yes. nothing to to push her away, right. and then the, the apostles come and say, "Well, you know, yeah. I want to get something to eat," you know, and then he says, yeah. and they, they were he a little says, upset that he was talking with a woman, a woman yeah. right? It's a yeah. Verse, yeah. verboten, but yeah. then he says, yes, "Look, the right. fields are white with harvest," you know, and what yes. it was all those people coming from the town that was the harvest. Yes, there's right. your, there's the work and the food for us. So Isn't the ministry come? of reconciliation is that to be come more open to the love of Jesus? Yes, I mean, exactly. You know, we, we really need to distinguish between forgiveness and reconciliation. Okay, forgiveness I'm going to... Forgiveness can be one-sided. God forgives us. He's already done it. He's forgiven us on the cross. But reconciliation requires a new relationship. It's a two-way street. I can't be re- reconciled with somebody unless the le- the other person allows themselves to be reconciled with me. But we can still reconcile with someone by reaching out in love, even through prayer, right? Right. We can forgive them. Right. Yes. But we can't reconcile them. 
because the only reconciliation, the only way that that'll happen is if they accept it. Well, but I thought before we were earlier, we were talking about when we reach out through prayer or forgive someone, that opens them to love. Yes, and but they, but this next door neighbor actually chose to do that. She connected to my friend, and they <laughs> got along fine after that. Right. <laughs> In other words, the, her, even though she didn't do it directly with her, she right. was setting the conditions for her to be reconciled. Other people who've made a decision against reconciliation or against yes. forgiving anybody wouldn't be affected that way. They'd actually be annoyed, probably. Yes, <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. That you're forgiving them because it's making them think of something they don't want to do. <laughs> yes, Father. <laughs> so there's a, an author, Vinnie Flynn. He wrote The Seven Secrets of Confession. And we, we just have a little over a minute. I want to say uh, this. He said, use the analogy of going into the darkness of a cave with sin, which prevents us from feeling the healing warmth of the sun. And it, um, sin is not just breaking the rules, but it, it's an offense against myself. It, it carries with it its own punishment. It imprisons me in the cold darkness of the cave depriving me of the warmth and light for which I was created. Sin brings me into the cave. Confession brings me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you think See, of that, Father? Well, I mean, I think that's true. But it, it really, it, it, it brings you out because, well, in, it, it brings you out because God's forgiveness is unconditional for everybody. Mm -hmm. So once we accept it, once we allow ourselves to uh, recognize our sin and we renounce it and we ask God to forgive us yeah. he, he does forgive us and then he we come and out into the sun and then we're out we're into relationship of God's light and love yes father so yes. we're not in the darkness anymore we're not in the darkness but we can do that with other people and they might not accept our I see you know, I see and father we're just gonna ha conclude this segment take a short break and okay, then we'll be fine. back to continue don't go away, everybody. <laughs> Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Are you retired or near retirement? Do you want to keep a larger amount of your assets in a safe place with guaranteed interest rates to protect yourself from a huge market swing? Are you amazed at how low the interest rates are at your bank? If you said yes to any or all of those questions, you may want to call me, Matt Tomlinson, at Catholic Financial Life to discuss our guaranteed fixed rate annuities. Call 847-548-MATT, 847-548-6288. Products not available in all states. 
Hi, I'm Nancy Martin, and I'm coming to you from the University of Notre Dame, and I'm here with Father Jenkins, the president. Any form of communication, I think, in today's world is extremely important, and Catholic Radio reaches audiences that we can't reach in other ways, so uh, it's an important work of evangelization with the Pope is very high on. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hello and welcome back. We're talking with Father Robert Sears, SJ. He's giving a beautiful presentation about the healing power of the Sacrament of Reconciliation. We have a small studio audience here and we were having a very lively discussion about going into the cave of darkness and, and then confession brings us out into the light and God's love brings us out into the light. Father, um, what what are the blocks to confession? What blocks us? Right. All sorts of things, I suppose. But, yeah. You know, whatever keeps us locked in ourselves, you know, anything that of that nature. I was just thinking of uh, the, an article in Pentecost Today by Father Richard McAleer. Uh, <clears throat> and he's been in the charismatic renewal for about 50 years. And he has experienced the love that grew up in the communities as they opened up in the Holy Spirit. And the communities that kept their, this love alive continued to grow. But there were other communities where they grew up hurts that led to resentment and bitterness and decline in the community's growth and even its end. So that's one of the major things that happens even in our families or whatever, you know, that when we let that resentment or bitterness or things like that mm-hmm. kind of uh, fester, it, it uh, wounds the trust that we have for one another and so people start getting isolated. They don't yes. know how to communicate. You know, our whole culture is getting that way with, say, the, the media that people are using. They don't know how to communicate directly mm-hmm. pers- person to person. Mm-hmm. And it's love that heals, and so that we're blocking the very thing that's going to heal us. And we don't see that that keeping ourselves isolated like that is itself a sin. Mm-hmm. Because it's against the order of God, what yes. God wants. And anything that's against the order of God is, is missing the mark. That's a sin. The Greek word for sin is harmartia, which is missing the mark. It's like the a marksman that's shooting at a target and mm-hmm. you missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if we miss it, what happens is <clears throat> that the love uh, gets smaller and smaller and mm-hmm. the trust gets smaller and smaller. Yes, Father. And it, so what really heals is love. And in order to do that, we need to be willing to forgive one another. And, and we, mil- we need to be willing to do that one-sidedly. That's the 
that's I suppose the the key things that block, uh, you know, healing and confession is that we we say, well, they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you mean if I forgive them, I'm just giving them the okay they can continue to be so so unsympathetic or whatever. Right, right. <clears throat> and and you say, well, that's that may be true. So how can you learn to forgive whether they accept it or not? You know, that's the point. Okay. And if we don't have that ability, and we don't, <laughs> without support, yes, we won't be able to forgive unconditionally. And so the, one of the key aspects of, of uh, being able to do that is to know that we are loved. Yes, Father. And we don't need that person's affirmation for our love relationship. I mean, I agree with you totally, but that's sometimes very hard to do in families. It is hard to do. It's not, I didn't, it, but it, and it might not even be possible unless the person has an outside support. Right. I think sometimes it's spiritual direction. The director has to learn how to love in God's spirit. Mm-hmm. So the person actually feels supported and that they can, they know they're cared about whether or not their spouse changes or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they can do that. And then the spouse does change. When you don't put pressure on another person, they start changing. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly, Father. Isn't that mysterious it, it, how like, that works? The psychologist, <laughs> you know, said that uh, when I accept myself as I am, then I change. Yes, Father. Yes, truly. And when I accept somebody else as they are, then they change. Yes, Father. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. So, but I can't, can't do I can't do that unless I know I'm accepted as I am. Yes. And so yes. that's that's the way God is. See, he he doesn't need to be persuaded to forgive us. Mm-hmm. See, that's what I mean. When when Adam and Eve sinned, they made God in their image. Right. And so they thought we had to be good in order for God to love us. But mm-hmm. that's false. Mm-hmm. That's right. God loves unconditionally. He never didn't love us. But we stopped believing his love because mm-hmm. we cut ourselves off from him. And we started building our God image according to our limitations rather than true nature of God. And so Jesus reveals the true nature of God when he dies on the cross because he's not persuading God to love. He's doing what God already sent him to do. Right, right. He's imitating God by doing that. Father, what would you say to people who who would say, you know, I don't need a confession. I can just say I'm sorry to God. Uh, well, what I would say is uh, that might be true. If you are sorry, then you'll change your life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do change your life, God will forgive you because you'll be back in tune. And if you, if you do... Uh, you know, really love God, then you'll forgive your enemies. Mm-hmm. Okay, but the well, sacrament, I'm asking about the sacrament, uh, like, it has a special... Yeah, well, there you know that you're forgiven, because the priest has Jesus' authority. Yes. The other, it kind of depends on your personal relationship with God, whether you'll know you're forgiven. If you just think you're forgiven, then you're going to always kind of have that deep-down suspicion that, well, maybe I'm not, or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
because the ultimate gift of the forgiveness is a loving relationship. And if you if you simply are hiding it and and doing it in yourself, you're not relating to anybody in that sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think, for example, my experience is that people need Jesus to be mediated by other people. Yes, yes. Because otherwise, they they can fool themselves. They, they think they're forgiving before God, but they're really making God in their own image, and it's like they're. <laughs> They're forgiving according to their way of looking at what sin is, you know. Yes. But it isn't necessarily opening them up to love. So Jesus told Saint Faustina that the the greatest miracles take place in the tribunal of my mercy in the confessional. Mm, wow! Yes. I love yes. that. Yes, because that's where he applies what he actually did in the incarnation and Christmas. That's why it's such an important uh, time to do this because we. We used to always go to confession in preparation for Christmas, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. because that's, you know, you get your whole self lined up and you, you get to be able to receive. So just like John the Baptist came to, to, to give them a call to repent so that they'd be ready when the, you know, the, the final gift of God's love would break through. Mm-hmm. And the people who didn't go along with John the Baptist weren't ready, you know, like right. the Pharisees and the others who just... Didn't, didn't accept it as a divine intervention, you know. So they weren't ready. So what what <coughs> forgiveness is is a making of ourselves ready to receive the infinite love of God. It, it clears away obstacles. So one of the things also is that that as you as you let yourself be forgiven, then you also are empowered to forgive other people and the sign of that's what we pray in the our father forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us yeah. you know in other words whether we forgive or not is really accepting or blocking god's forgiveness for us yes it's powerful yes yeah. yes yes well yeah, i'd like to go, go back um on something you were talking about earlier at the in the last segment father about uh, knowing our sins mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it's, it's hard and some years ago I asked this one priest who he was giving a talk on this and I said you know what what do you think is the best way to examine your conscience and he said ask the Holy Spirit to show yes. you <laughs> wh- uh, what your sins are and then sit down <laughs> that's good and write them down because you can forget <laughs> yes well you know I do I do make a list um, <laughs> before I go in because I do forget but mm-hmm. um, on a more practical aspect of this um, just recently I found an app on my phone so a lot of people have smartphones or iPhones these days Androids whatever but there is an app called confession just no. simply that yes and um, you just sign in. It's free, <laughs> and it goes through. Susie, I love it. It goes through each commandment with um, about ten questions for each one. It go, it give even t- for those of us who are a little reluctant, maybe, and haven't gone in a while. It even gives us the format, wow. the prayers, oh, uh, preparation beautiful. prayers for before and after. So it's um, it's a beautiful. Uh, vehicle for um, preparing for the sacrament. And how do you get this app? Um, you just apply for it on your phone. Right. Yeah. The one thing is you have to have a 
a uh, password. I mean, yes, a password. Right. Like for Apple or whatever you you happen to use this but year. But the, the app is Confession. It's called Confession. Man. It's uh, just that, Confession. Not wonderful. <laughs> yeah. It is wonderful. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. That shows that there's positive things for everything and there's negative <laughs> things. Anything yeah. that's human can be used for good you or bad. Because we're free. You know, in yeah. this life, God wants us to choose. Yeah. Because the whole purpose of this life is to choose to be closer to God so that when we die, we'll be taken into eternal life. Right. The and ultimate if we, healing. If we make the wrong choices, that's that's a very bad prognosis for the future. Yes, Father. <laughs> <laughs> On a practical note, I want to interject that I think the availability of confession is a key also and I'm thrilled that we happen to I happen to live in Libertyville and we have the uh, Shrine of St. Maximilian here and they have incorporated weekly every weekday they have confessions twice for one hour Mm -hmm. so two hours a day that makes it very easy and some parishes uh, are expanding their hours also, which really helps because I think people will use any out to get out of going to confession True. if there's only a <coughs> half hour on Saturday afternoon, sure. it's not sure. convenient. Or even if they say you can make arrangements with your priest, mm-hmm. people don't want to step up and do that. But you, sure. the church has to come and open up to us so good that point, it's more Rosemary. available. Mm-hmm. Good points. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. do you say about how often you should go to confession? Well, it depends on whether you want to uh, advance or not. <laughs> See, because the confession in the early church, it was so stringent that some right. people avoided it their whole life and they went to confession on the last minute you know so i don't know if saint augustine ever went to confession but i mean you know because he had baptism but after that he was pretty good so (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) but but later on it got connected to the the, uh, monks and they would go in for spiritual direction and then they'd get a penance or whatever and then they would start to tie confession in with that spiritual direction and that's why we have it as frequently as we do mm-hmm. so it's mainly connected to spiritual growth and spiritual and so some of the you know the popes have gone every week you know you say well the popes don't do they need it well they feel they do because they <laughs> they have their confessor and they sure. go every week you know so it's really a powerful way of helping us grow spiritually so it demands you don't have to go to confession if you don't commit a mortal sin, you know, uh, at all, you know. And Even yet, though they say you have a regulation to go to confession every uh, Lent, you know, before Easter or whatever, right. like your Easter duty, uh, you don't really have to without a mortal sin because you're already in grace and that's you're willing to do whatever God wants, so that's that's fine. But. <clears throat> But there's grace in confession. Yes, Father. And so it frees you from the even the smaller things. And they aren't really small if they block the fullness of God's love. And so yes. if you really want to grow in the fullness of God's love, then your confession ought to be regular. Now, in order to prepare for that, you might not just have examined, you know, uh, before confession, but you might 
have a p practice of making an examine every day. Yes, Father. You know, just like the Jesuits are taught to do, you exactly. know, to have have a time when you kind of look over your day, yes. whether it's uh, noon and evening, <laughs> and see what you're thankful for. So don't just uh, look at the negative things. See if it <laughs> things how God has blessed you, and then how God has given you grace that perhaps that you didn't cooperate with. So you, so you're li you're learning how to discern in light of what's going to draw you closer to God. Yes, so Father. So the confession then isn't a negative thing so much as releasing whatever blocks you from getting closer to God. I think that's and the biggest thing I learned today, Father, was that it to to pray to 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 rem to remove the blocks from loving. That really has hit me today mm -hmm. a lot. Cuz I'm always trying to think of now how did I sin or what did I do or did I tell a lie or did I you know, but really to to see how we have not loved is really the core of what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. And that brings healing. Father? I think we lost Father. Angela, we lost Father. We're almost at the end of our show, but um, I think Father got cut off. <laughs> Yeah. His connection was dropped. So His connection was dropped. Did you do the prayer request? No, we didn't. didn't. No. Okay, I can, I, he's going to have to call back. So we'll see. So let's see. So anyway, we did have a wonderful show. and You know, I'd, I'd, I'd just like to share one more thing. Okay. Because oh, we, we are talking about reconciliation today. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, uh, Some years ago, I heard... Bishop Robert Barron mm -hmm. talk about reconciliation, the word reconciliation. Yes. And he explained that it means being eye to eye with God. Wow. Because the cilia, are, we have lots of cilia in our bodies, but we have them on our eyelashes, our cilia. And when you're eye to eye with God, your eyelashes and his eyelashes blink together oh my word that's how close it is oh my word so your reconciliation back eye to eye oh with my god. eye to eye with god that's that's isn't that powerful the oneness yes that's very beautiful image yeah. yeah so i hear the music which means we're gonna have to wrap up the show and usually we have the priest bless our listeners so we'll all just um say a prayer on our own of thanks for the gift of the sacraments and for our studio audience here and for Father Bob's ears. And we'll see you next week, everybody. God bless and Merry Christmas. <laughs>